Hi, my name is Andrea Shaffron. Today's leadership quote is by John Quincy Adams, and it is, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, or become more, you are a leader. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. Are you tasked with ordering food for your office? Let me tell you about Easy Cater. With over 100,000 restaurants to choose from nationwide and 24-7 customer support, Easy Cater helps assistants like you and me succeed at work and makes our lives easier. Visit easycater.com slash leader assistant to find out more. Hey, friends, welcome to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows, and welcome to episode 244. You can check out the show notes for this episode at leaderassistant.com slash 244, leaderassistant.com slash 244. And today I am speaking with Andrea Shaffron. Andrea is an executive assistant to eight. Yes, you heard that right. Eight executives. And she also holds uh, multiple roles and titles. And we'll let her kind of walk through that. But Andrea, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. This is an honor. Yeah. What uh, What city are you in? We're in Aspen, Aspen, Colorado. Aspen. Nice. So the movie Dumb and Dumber is probably, uh, you know, kind of your guys' favorite movie, right? <laughs> it's yes. all about Aspen. And, and Aspen Extreme. They love that too. <laughs> nice, nice. Awesome. Well, let's let's jump right in then. I first wanted to hear a little bit about you personally. Um, you know, what's your favorite hobby? Uh, do you have a favorite book or, you know drama show or comedy movie that you're uh you're into these days so my my favorite hobby i i actually have quite a few of them i'm very outdoorsy being in aspen yeah um, yeah i Naturally. like yes um we love hiking camping whitewater rafting rock climbing pretty much anything outside nice love um it. and my favorite book i'm currently taking my mba course so i don't really have any time for reading outside of that. Um, but I'm, I'm getting an MBA. So that's really exciting. Nice, and, congrats. Um, thank you. And my, my favorite movie is an older one, but I still love it. It's Jurassic Park. <laughs> I'm really nice. into paleontology and archaeology, although they're not totally correct. <laughs> right, right in the movie. <laughs> but it's still a fun movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Love it. Love that movie. Classic. Watched it with my boys a uh, couple times. Love it, love it. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for being on the show again. What uh, what was your career journey like, and how did you end up being an assistant? So I ended up getting my EMT certification in 2011, and I became a ski patroller for six years. Uh -huh. as well as overlapping, working in an ER for six years. We had a several years of overlap between the two. Um, and then I, um, I ended up in this position because I applied for a different one and they came back and 
said, I'd be perfect for this role and wanted me to apply. (laughs) Um, I kind of fell into this on accident, but it was an incredible journey to get here. And I also used to teach the EMT classes at the community college, which was um, a lot of fun as well. But um, I ended up in this position and it really clicked and it fell into the first time I'm really using my degree, which was in uh, BS in business administration with a major in management. Hmm. Nice. So you're the first assistant role and you're still in it eight years later. Exactly. Well, this is two years in this position. Okay. But yeah. yeah. Same, Same organization. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Wow. That's great. So what's your favorite part about being an assistant? I, besides loving my ET members, I have eight incredible ET members, which is, I'm really blessed for that. Um, But I like taking on, in addition to all my other roles that I have, I really enjoy the cultural organizational projects that enhance culture and morale. That is really what I thrive on. It's, I love it. Hmm. So, okay. You said eight executives and I'm sure there's an assistant listening. Hopefully they're being safe uh, as they're driving uh, to work or uh, driving home and listening to this. And they, you know, didn't swerve off the road when you said eight executives (laughs) is how many you support. Um, But there's also probably another assistant that's like, well, eight, well, I support nine technically. So, you know, that's, that's nothing. Um, What, like, how did that happen? Did you start off as assisting eight? Did you start off as assisting a department, which kind of involved a bunch of people? How did that come to be? So it started out as eight right off the bat. Wow. Um, I had nobody to train me. Um, this position was vacant, I think, for six months because of COVID. They just didn't hire anybody new. Um, and then I got hired for eight. And then I'm also the district secretary for the five board of directors and I'm the designated election official for the Aspen Valley Hospital Special Taxing District. Wow. So was that, were those roles tacked on over the years? Nope. That was this role. And uh, as far as I I know, it was the role I applied for and I I received. Um, I didn't really know too much about the position before I applied and read the job description. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you you knew what you were signing up for is the point. I did, but it was pretty funny because in my interview, I even looked at them and I was like, reading this job description looks like I need an assistant. And they all laughed. <laughs> oh yeah. That's actually was going to be my next question. You know, it's been, you know, a few years now, like what, have you gotten to the point where you're like, no, I literally need an assistant or yeah. How how have you navigated the workload? Depends on the week that you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes I do think I need my own assistant or just a second assistant. Um, it would be nice, but I, like I said, I take on extra projects. I don't do well with downtime. So in the rare event, I find downtime. I tend to find, a staff morale project to fill it. And then it always takes longer to accomplish than the two weeks I had available, but it becomes my favorite part of my job. Right. I just continue to do it. I halfway bring it upon myself, all the extra, just because I love seeing the difference in staff morale and the appreciation it brings. 
Hmm. Well, so what's maybe the best, speaking of like company culture and staff morale, what's maybe the biggest thing that you've seen done poorly at organizations or companies or teams uh, that's negatively impacted staff morale? I, in my opinion, I think one of the quickest ways to deflate staff morale is to not show recognition and appreciation for the work that is done, um, as well as I'm sure other companies as well and organizations during COVID, people that were able to retire did retire, mm-hmm. leaving remaining staff required to pick up the additional work through extra hours. And that alone increases burnout. Um, this was a hospital. So we clearly had our own set of challenges in addition to the rest of the world with COVID and trying to figure out how to navigate it, mm-hmm. uh, which is what led to um, the Zenden that I, cre- that I created to help with support for that. Okay. So what what is Zenden? Um so the Zen Den is a room that um, with I was here in this position my first week. I started in 2021, and I noticed a huge um, group of people that were upset, and the situation was tense. The stress levels were high. The staff morale was low. Like I said, a bunch of people retired. Um, And we were always used to being in the 90 percentile for staff satisfaction nationwide across other uh, hospitals. So having low morale wasn't something we were used to. We took it extremely seriously. Hmm. And um, I was like, we need to create a Zenden. We need a place for staff to go decompress, relax, and just start new in their shift. So we weren't sure if people were going to use it. So I I originally started with a $300 budget. I was like, how am I going to do this on a $300 budget? I I wanted massage chairs, massage guns, aromatherapy, sound machines, yoga mats, stretch bands, foam rollers, artwork, ambiance, all this stuff. I'm like, I have $300. (laughs) That's Um, like one massage table. (laughs) Exactly. So I had to be very resourceful. So I went to my directors and I was like, this is our one chance to make this happen. So I asked what they can donate. And I was surprised how many people were very eager to contribute to this cause and make my vision a reality. I opened it up in a week with $200 spent. It was incredible. So May marked our one year anniversary. It took me a few months to get the approval. Um, May marked our one year anniversary and it has been so well received that it has become part of our culture. And um, I just want to say like to all the other companies and everything else, I mean, the the psychological benefits, me being an EMT, I thought of it, um, of massage, aromatherapy and relaxation are immense. It helps with anxiety, depression, anger, frustration, fatigue. There's also physical benefits is lower blood pressure, reduced muscle tension, um, all all kinds of things. And it's been great because you walk around and people are so excited to have this. And it was something so easy to implement. And it created so much staff morale and became part of the culture. 
it was it was just amazing. I hmm. stories that poured in from people saying, "Oh, I just was on my feet for six hours in a long surgery. I couldn't wait to get a foot massage." Or, "Oh, I have an hour and a half ride home. I went and got a you know fifteen minute massage and." I was able to be comfortable on my drive or 15 minutes later, I could go back to my desk and be more productive. Right. Amazing. Wow. That's awesome. So what's the, what's the kind of guideline or policy about it? Like, is it essentially just, you can use it whenever you're on your break or you're, you know, before or after work, do you have to book time in the room? I'm sure there are assistants uh, like me that are, thinking of all the logistics, you know, well, you've got a certain amount of employees and you've got this one room and they're all fighting over it or somebody's maybe, you know, you've got that one person that you're thinking is going to just be there all the time, you know, like how, how do you navigate that? So it's a little bit of all the above. We do have obviously the regulars. I did create all the, the sign-ins and so far it's worked out really well because we have four chairs in there plus the massage guns and all the other equipment. We haven't had to implement a sign-in sheet. It's worked pretty well. I mean, sometimes you go in there and all the chairs are used and you come back in 15, 20 minutes later and there's a spot. Um, so we haven't had to do a sign-in, um, but I have one if we get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's been it's been great. I mean, people love it, which is makes me feel good because all the extra work and love that went into it. And I mm-hmm. actually maintain it every day on the one that goes in there and make sure the aromatherapy is in and that it's living up to its full potential. Um, so it's, it's, it's been wonderful. Nice, nice work. Nice work. And then I heard you won an award, um, related to this project. Is that right? I did. I did. Um, last month on October, uh, 24th, I think it was, um, the administrative, professionals conference by the American society of administrative professionals. They awarded me the 2023 impact award for excellence and innovation. I'm extremely honored. So thank you so much. It was an (laughs) incredible experience. Awesome. That's great. Well, congrats again and and way to, way to contribute and make impact on your, on your company culture. Um, Cool. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, you know, back to your primary roles and having multiple primary roles. Are there any stories or times or seasons when, you know, they conflicted with each other or they, those different hats that you wear, if you will, were, you know, up against each other and battling for your time? Or is that like every day? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say every day. I, I think it ebbs and flows. But the, the busiest time for me is during elections, because that has to take precedence over everything else. Um, those get run through the Colorado Secretary of State. That is one mm. phone call I don't want to receive. <laughs> right, right. Wrong. So those and those have very specific state statutes. So that has to take priority. And that's usually when most of my conflicts come in. Everything else I can time manage pretty appropriately. I'm not saying I'm the ideal um, candidate of representing work-life balance. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of us suffer with that. So yes, I do put in extra hours um, to get some of this stuff done. 
But for the most part, most days, I can usually work what I really need to in each week. If I have to put something off a couple of days to finish something else, obviously anything um, board with the board meetings, that those also take precedence over um, even some of my executive requests that come in because we have to have it for public meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, getting that stuff done also is pretty important. Um, and then with my executives, I really have to just look at what requests are coming in, what the deadlines are. Um, is there anyone else that I can have help with some of these tasks? And, um, but usually they have some of them and and not everybody requires my full attention. Mm -hmm. Um, there are people that are very, um, independent Mm -hmm. and just need me for special events or planning some sort of project. Um, so that's also nice. And so, and I being the person that likes to have tangible results, I love the projects. So when I get those special projects that you could actually tick off boxes, that things are, that's done. That was fun. It makes the job way more exciting. Mm. Um, so I, I tend to like taking on that sort of stuff. It's a lot of the, scheduling, I think, can be a challenge when you're trying to get 13 people because you need all the ET members and the directors or when you need a, it's the the scheduling is honestly one of the hardest parts trying to manage that many people schedules. Oh yeah. That's, I was going to actually ask you, cause you know, you're assisting eight executives. Are they all are like half of them at one level and the other half at another level, as far as like org chart goes? So I have the CEO. Okay. And that's my direct report. But then I assist all of his direct reports. To, well, I guess all of his chiefs, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he has other direct reports that aren't on the chief level. Um, but I, I assist them. A lot of them are pretty self-sufficient. Again, unless it's seasonal projects, so it's more, I, I help, I help everybody. And then right, you know, yeah. get the directors that come in for all of these eight that are like, I need help with this. So right. I just, and we have, I think 40 or 50 directors that'll, that we have. So it's, I'm not bored at work. Right. You're never bored. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you heard of the, and I don't know if this is a, in the hospital world, I don't know if this is common or not common title, but have you heard of the chief of staff title? And is that something that you've thought of, or is that very different because it's in the medical world? It is very different because it's in the medical world. It has to be a physician. Okay. Okay. Unless I go back to med school. Right, right. (laughs) That's not going to happen for me. (laughs) So, So your title is executive assistant. That's the assistant title you have, right? Plus those other things? Correct. And, you know, so it's like district secretary for the board of directors, designated election official, um, Western Healthcare Alliance executive assistant, peer network chair. Is that a, kind of a separate yeah. thing? It is. It is. Okay. It's, and we actually work with the WHA is what they call it. Um, there's a whole bunch of hospitals. It's 
30 rural hospitals in Colorado, Utah, and Michigan. Okay. And um, we try to collaborate and share resources to keep our costs lower for patients and for hospital. There's more buying power in greater numbers. And as you can imagine, rural hospitals are smaller and don't have the buying power that these major trauma centers in the big cities have. Mm-hmm. So this is our way to try and maintain costs and make sure healthcare is affordable and viable in rural communities. Nice. And then do you, so I guess my, the reason I asked about the chief of staff and I know again, it's different in the medical world, but you know, some people would listen to all these things that you're, you've got your hands in and they would say, well, you're more of a director of operations or, you know what I mean? Like whatever the, you know, insert, different title (laughs) um, in there. Do you feel that the multiple roles and the multiple titles kind of covers that? And and it's not as it's not necessarily necessary for you to have this kind of overarching title that encompasses all of that. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think I'm in a great place at the moment as I I'm comfortable with my position, I'm learning new stuff every day. I've grown tremendously across all of these ty- these roles that I've had. So I'm super grateful for that, but I am getting my MBA. So we'll see yeah. what happens and we'll see who retires and see if there's anything that opens up that I'd be perfect for. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> there um, you go. want to keep my options open, you know, but I love that. I love where I'm at right now. I love the people I work with. As my team starts to retire, my feelings may evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> cool. Well, what what's maybe, you know, there, there are a lot of assistants that, that support multiple executives. Um, you know, I talked to a couple the other day. One was like, oh, I support four. One was like, I support three. The other one was like, I support six. Um What's been maybe maybe just like a top time management or executive management, energy management tip, productivity tip, whatever you want to call it, for those listening who do have more than one executive they support? Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. So for me, that to me is very subjective. I think everyone has to find their own style. They have to stick with it and they have to grow with it and they use it repetitively because that's what's going to make you more productive is just working like a well-oiled machine Mm -hmm. until you outgrow your system. Then you have to evolve your system. Um, so I kind of think for me, when I got hired, because I was thrown into this situation with eight executives 
starting a new position that I had never done before. Um, I had experience in a lot of various parts of the job. Like I was my own, I served on my own board of directors for HOAs and other things like that for almost a decade. So I had experience with all of that. I had a lot of experience in various parts of it, which is, I think why my transition was pretty smooth into this. Um, But I think that for me, I was really nervous having eight executives that would all have their own expectations of how something should be done. Mm. So I went and created an executive assistant or not executive assistant, but an executive interview questionnaire. When I told, they asked me when I was going into my interview, if I got this position, what would I need from them? And I told them I would need 30 minutes of their time in my first week. I wanted to interview them and ask them all kinds of questions. I knew that there'd be a learning curve. There would be growing pains, but why not make them as quick and painless as possible? So the things I asked them were their strengths, their weaknesses, um, what they, what kind of calls they liked. If they didn't want to take certain calls, who should I give them to in their absence? Or I wanted to know what they thought would be my hardest challenge and what they would need most from me to make it as easy as possible. I wanted to know their pet peeves. I didn't want to be sitting at my desk and doing something that is causing someone to fester ill will towards me that I didn't even know was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to get that out of the way immediately. If you have, you know, if you do a lot of travel, ask them for their flight, their frequent flyer miles, or do they prefer aisles or is there an airline they like? Ask them about their anniversaries, birthdays, all that kind of stuff is nice to have. So you can even remind them, Hey, just so you know, this is coming up. Don't forget. Um, So there's a lot of, it was a very, it was a great way to learn my position and learn each individual, something that would take me years to learn even one person, let alone eight. It really sped the process up. And then they also knew I took my transition into this position extremely seriously. So they also were building trust with me right off the bat, knowing that I was there to have their back. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I know you shared this in our leader assistant circle community. And so I'll link to that in the show notes so people can check out that template. I think it's a super helpful resource, executive team member questionnaire. Um, And again, you can check out the show notes with that link and uh, others on leaderassistant.com slash 244 leaderassistant.com slash 244 to check out that resource. Awesome. Well, Andrea, what's the maybe one thing that you would want to say to all assistants of the world if you could put it on a billboard on the busiest highway in the world or if you could put it in a, you know, 30-second Super Bowl ad uh, commercial? what's, What's kind of the one um 
quick inspirational or or challenging or encouraging note that you'd like to say to the assistants listening? Empathy and active listening go a long way. <laughs> um, but also remember that I heard a, a quote, which I thought was really great because on those challenging days, even a plane has to take off going into the wind. And I thought it was really interesting concept because we do face a lot of challenges. There's a lot of problem solving. So even the bad days, you can learn something from. Mm -hmm. Learn from it, take oppor learning opportunities, leadership opportunities, embrace it all because you're really investing in yourself. And I think... Um, I think that that would probably be my my biggest thing is I like to learn. I'm very much a learner. So use every experience as an opportunity. Yeah. Well said. And, you know, you said you're taking your MBA. You know, obviously that shows that you like to learn as well. Um, what would you say to those that have considered that? I know there's a lot of assistants that have done that or considering, you know, should I should I get my MBA? What What was the thing that pushed you over? the edge to, to actually uh, follow that path. I've wanted to for a good bit of a decade and I started applying for MBA programs and then I ended up getting this role and I knew that this role was going to be a challenge to learn. So I put it on hold and now that I'm comfortable in the role and I know what to expect, I just knew if I didn't do it now, it might not ever happen. So yeah. I decided to do it and I'm extremely grateful that I'm taking this opportunity that I have. Awesome. How long have you been uh, in the MBA process? It, it, I just started. I'm just I'm started. Only, okay, I'm, cool. Yeah. I'm, I have just started, but the program I chose is great because it's hundred percent competency based. So you can move through it as quickly as you can master the material. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andrea, for being on the show. Uh, thanks for sharing a little bit of your story and really appreciate the work you're doing in Aspen and um, just the impact you're having on your team. What's the best place for those listening to reach out if they want to say hi? I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> as awesome. And yeah, I'm on LinkedIn as Andrea Schaffrin. Great. Well, I'll put that in the show notes. Again, leaderassistant.com slash 244. Uh, be sure to reach out, say hi to Andrea and thank her for being on the show. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. Best of luck to you and your multiple executives and multiple roles and uh, multiple hobbies as well. Uh, and yeah, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an honor. Please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com